Ashley Joey, most people have put in zero hours of going into Twitter, searching the conversation and replying to 40 people, zero. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Debate Without Debate podcast. If you're new around here, my name is Asher Baikov, and I'm your co-host. Joey and I started this podcast a year and a half ago with the sole aim of ending polarization through conversation, just like the discussion you're about to hear with Gary Vaynerchuk, CEO of VaynerX and internet personality. Like it or not, media is a super polarizing space. It seems like some of the most outlandish forms of content online get an exorbitant amount of views simply because the content's crazy. We wanted to get an inside look on the media space and polarization, and who better to talk to than Gary? Now, let's rewind to our last conversation. Enjoy. Gary, do you view yourself as a polarizing figure? And if so, what are some of the benefits that you've received from that? Um, I don't. I, mm. I do understand that some people do. I am comfortable speaking my mind about things I genuinely believe in. I'm not trying to, you know... Um, I, look, I think anybody can be viewed polarizing just on the fact that we live in a politicized environment where one opinion that you actually believe in a nice way may not jive with somebody else's. Um, I, I, I tend to be more polarizing in the businesses that I'm in. So I get, you know, I challenge status quo a lot, which people view as polarizing. I view myself as practical. Mm -hmm. You know, I happen to communicate in a Jersey style that I think, you know, you know, I think cursing may seem polarizing, high energy and conviction may seem polarizing, uh, not accepting the norms of society may. Actually, I'm, cl I'm clearly very polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I look, I think, I think, I think polarizing much like other words are, you know, ego and confidence. People think they're the same. I think they're completely different. Mm -hmm. polarizing and passionately practical, I think are very similar, but wildly different. And I, I, I think I'm passionately practical. So to kick things off, we wanted to hit Gary with something that he probably wasn't expecting, which is a direct line to what we're focused on on this podcast, the most polarizing topics in our society. And I think the most interesting part about his answer is at first, he assumed that he wasn't polarizing. And that's probably because we had a bit of a leading question in the sense that we assumed that polarization was bad. But as he kept talking it out, he actually realized that he is quite yeah. polarizing in the things that he does. And you know, I th a cool thing to note is that polarization, especially in Gary's context, can help empower people. Um, him saying things which aren't part of the status quo of our conversations really makes people think. And because he is a polarizing figure, he's using it in a positive light. Unfortunately, in our current political climate and sociocultural economic slash everything else environment, uh, <laughs> people use uh, polarization in a negative way to almost oppress people, make them feel bad. And that's not what should be happening. Um, and Gary's just an embodiment of how polarization can be used in a positive light as opposed to a negative light. Flip, flip the switch, if you want to say. So that's kind of our analysis on this first question. Let's get into the second one. See, because as an up-and-coming media startup, we find it kind of difficult to cut through the noise sometimes. It seems like most traditional forms of media or, or social media for that matter kind of emphasizes this polarizing extreme nature. Gary, do you, do you think that there's even a market for non-polarizing content? And if so, uh, what does that business model look like on an applicable scale? Um, there's an ungodly amount of it. 
I mean, you know, I haven't taken the time to really audit things that you would decide with your subjective opinions aren't polarizing, but like for every like extreme Fox or extreme CNN or, or even me, I, I get that I'm high energy. I, I look, I think, I think entertainment works and I think information works. And I think, you know, entertainment has taken over the news in a lot of ways. And that's led to a lot of muckery, but I, you know, I'm sure I'm sure there's scientific journals that have great B2B businesses that do quite well. There's an ungodly amount of business people I respect that are not over the top. Mary Meeker puts out one of the best, you know, reports each year on startup and 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 BC culture. She's not polarizing by people's standards. She, you know, is Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In a polarizing book? For for mm-hmm. some, yes. For others, no. Um, you know, I, I think people look at production and think that's part of the polarization. What I mean by that is, you know, there's a lot of people articulating incredibly thoughtful work on YouTube, podcasts, medium, uh, the press, and there's just an ungodly, ungodly uh, amount of good content that comes across very calm and kind of stick. Like, do you consider most of NPR's content polarizing? If you're mm-hmm. if you're a Republican hardcore, you may, because you don't like the things that are said, but I think in the way it's delivered, is quite calm, you know, and does extremely well. I'm sure that if you went through the top 200 podcasts right now in iTunes, you would, and click them all, you would agree that half of them are bombastic Howard Stern, you know, the bar stool. And I think you'd find half of them are just kind of like quite mundane. And and then the question becomes is, is are we judging polarization on style or substance, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think, I think for me, one of the things that works is I think I have a style, which, oh, by the way, hampers me in a lot of environments. There's an enormous amount of people who don't like me without even having a sense of my substance. They just don't like Jersey talk. And mm. and that's okay. I underst- I actually respect that. I'm empathetic to that. But I, I think there's always a market for good stuff. And Absolutely. yes, do, does, does sizzle sell steaks? Yep. You know what else sells steaks? Delicious fucking steaks that don't have sizzle. Gary Vee makes a really important point towards the end of that discussion. Mm-hmm. And he says that good content wins. And I think that's 100% correct. But the most important part is polarization is subjective. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to view polarization in the same way. For example, I might view Fox News as polarizing. Other people I, may not just because they subscribe to those beliefs. 100%. And so when we think about that in the context of polarization in a grand scheme of things and how our media in particular is moving towards this reality TV version of what news media used to look like, Mm -hmm. we have to be conscious of the fact that what we are seeing might not always be the pure facts. The cool part about all of this is that we sort of control the narrative, right? If we don't want to subscribe to polarizing content, We can choose not to. We can choose not to watch the Jersey Shore. We can choose not to watch the Kardashians. And sooner or later, just based off of survival and media and stuff that people are actually interested in, the polarizing content will fade away. And the non-polarizing stuff, which is more informative and actually promotes some sort of conversation as opposed to entertainment, um, will pave the way towards new forms of media. And you pay with your attention almost. We pay with our eyeballs. I think that's probably the most valuable thing that a company is looking for in this day and age. And you'll notice because 
Companies are on every single platform they possibly can. You'll see them on TV, then you'll see an ad on your phone. And the reason for that is the more eyeballs you have on your product or on your service or anything else, the better you can do as a business. And so what I think you're saying, Joey, here is very important because it also means that subscribing to our podcast will do <laughs> a ton for us as we're trying to pave a path in this and conversation. Change the narrative. Exactly. Given that you've, you know, you've started your own podcast, Gary V Audio Experience, we love that stuff. Mm-hmm. What would you do if you had zero pre-existing social capital? You were Beta Gary and you wanted to just launch a podcast. We have a lot of listeners who are interested in starting again. I know I, they I, find I, a lot I of value. It, I, I did it on February 21st, 2006. Yeah. It's called Wine Library TV and nine people watched. Mm-hmm. So what, what can you do to grow? You know, like we... That's that's aside, aside be, from like be, just producing be, content. By being so there's two things. There's there's the biggest thing that will help you grow is something that allows you to grow sustainable, which mm-hmm. is putting out quality content. And quality content doesn't mean the production quality, it means other people on the other side find you funny, smart, interesting, entertaining, period, and a story. There's always ways to be smart about your post-production and your distribution. It's called making the content contextual to the 15 websites that I talk about fucking every second of my life. LinkedIn yes, and tic- The reason I bring up LinkedIn and TikTok is because there's organic reach. Um, but that doesn't mean that if you don't have dollars that Facebook and Instagram are scary good. The ability to do what I did on Twitter still exists. Go into Twitter, search the words of your subject matter and literally reply to every human that's on there. Are you willing to do it for 14 hours a day like I did for four years with that with limited results? Most people don't have that conviction. Most people don't love what they do enough. I don't want people to do things for 14 hours and burn out either. Put in three hours, but most people have put in zero hours. Asher Joey, most people have put in zero hours of going into Twitter, searching the conversation and replying to 40 people. Zero. Very mm-hmm. true. They People have audacity and expect that people are just going to follow them. It's audacious. Gary does make a fair point about content creation or starting something new. Believe it or not, Asher and I started this podcast with a phone and some duct tape. Mm-hmm. But we had the initiative And I think truly, you know, a camera can change, a mic can change, but the person can't. The initiative, the motivation, what you care about doesn't really change that much. And so Asher and I had the drive to continue going. And as a result, we're still here today. And so I 100% agree with Gary on this one. We need the initiative. And that's really all that you need. The passion, the, the money will come. With Again, with attention comes dollar signs. I mean, that's what you're seeing with the Joe Rogans of the world. If you can amass 190 million downloads every single month, you will get a very big paycheck. But I guarantee you, I guarantee that the only reason why Joe Rogan was successful uh, up until this point and why he signed such a big deal with Spotify is because he actually likes what he does. He Mm. actually likes creating content. He actually likes having conversations with interesting people. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with this podcast. As a matter of fact, it, it is what we're doing with this podcast. We have spoken to so many different individuals, academics, influencers, scientists, the likes, writers, a bunch of wonderful conversations already. And we're almost at episode 40. And this is just the beginning. The one almost, thing I'll add here. almost 50, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did I? What did I say? Yeah, 40. It's oh, my bad. It's almost 50. <laughs> Uh, the one thing I will add to that is being contextual to platform is difficult, but it's the key, I think, to Needed. success. Yeah. 
Gary Vee's content model is kind of like New York City water. This might sound weird, but I think it's a good analogy. Uh, if if you look at New York City water and you look at some of the statistics, I think the stat is it goes through something like seven or nine people before you actually drink it. Now that sounds pretty disgusting. Yeah, it sounds somewhere. pretty disgusting. But the reason why I say this is Gary Vee's content goes from a macro level podcast, something like this, and he splices it up. He has a whole team that's dissecting it, puts it everywhere. He puts it on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. You will find this guy on every platform. And guess what? You will also find us on every single platform because you never know where it's going to hit. Thanks for tuning in to this episode with Gary Vaynerchuk. It was honestly such a pleasure to speak with him, and I have a slight feeling that we'll be doing it again soon. If you enjoyed this conversation, make sure to subscribe on all podcasting platforms on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Some of our hit episodes include episode 44 with Max Riesinger, episode 41 with Dr. Jonathan Metzl, and episode 20 with Nadia Okamoto. Be prepared. Next week, we're coming back with another episode. Till then, peace. Ciao.